25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. All right. Off and rolling. Hour number two on this Monday with you in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. Local agents that we consider the hometown heroes in all 82 counties across the great state of Mississippi. Who doggies? As uh, Delmer would say on a brother, where art thou? Great scene. They were sitting around a campfire that night. Well, I say campfire. They they're hiding out basically. Yeah. Uh, George Babyface Nelson had joined up with them. They robbed. They shot some cows and then they went and robbed a bank. You know. <laughs> and so that night after they'd robbed the bank, they were sitting around the fire and nobody said anything. Everybody kind of contemplating what had happened. Of course, the story in the movie George Babyface Nelson was still depressed. Robbing that bank and having all that cash, it just wasn't enough for him. He was still depressed. And, but So nobody said anything until Delmer said out loud, jacking up banks. <laughs> you know, just thinking out loud. Yeah, yeah. He goes, I could see how a man would derive quite a bit of pleasure from doing that for a living. And then there was a pause, and he said, who doggies? <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Great scene in that movie, I guess. Okay, a um, couple things. First of all, I think we can deduce on the text line at 885-ESPN that green okra on the text line is either a close friend of Chicken Hawk <laughs> or green okra is Chicken Hawk because green okra texted to the show Y'all have to start paying Chicken Hawk, dot, 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 priceless. What other color is okra? It's a good point. So green it's okra kind of a is redundant? sometimes, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe there's a different okra. I don't know. You know, the, there's like lots green of Green tomatoes, jo- I know that. There's lots of jokes about boiled okra. You know. It's the only way I'll eat it. Is it? Boiled with a bunch of seafood. Oh, really? It's the only way you like it? I Combo. like fried okra. Yeah, I love fried okra. Uh, I keep trying it, still no. The, you know the <laughs> the joke about boiled okra is that it becomes very slippery, yeah, slick. Yeah. You know what is that? And go right through you. <laughs> Nasty. Uh, Warren on the text line says Chicken Hawk needs to go on America's Got Talent. <laughs> yeah, he does because I want to watch that reaction. Oh my God, this meatloaf. Oh my! Look at that picture of that meatloaf. Oh my goodness, meatloaf. At the Midtowner in Hattiesburg. Look at that picture Tyler sent us. It is covered and wrapped in a couple different kinds of cheese. He's got, looks like, is that corn? Is that cream corn? 
next to it, whatever it is, it accents that uh, <laughs> the look of that meatloaf really well. That looks like some of those there. Mississippi uh, grits. Yeah, I hope it's grits. It looks good. Uh, unnamed texter. Ghost texter says Chicken Hawk makes most people actually turn the radio off for a few minutes while he's on. Another ghost texter says no more Chicken Hawk 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, which candidate adopts that platform? Yeah. And uh, my friend Jeff, Jeff Chow says he's Chow Dog. Who is the latest? Who's the last Heisman winner to win the national championship? Would that be Tim Tebow? Last high, no, that'd be Cam Newton, 2010. I'm trying to think, 11, 12. Mariota didn't win it. Derrick Henry, was it Derrick Henry, Alabama? Maybe that's it. We'd have to look it up. See, look, Jeff, this is what I do. Heisman curse, Jeff. When I don't know the answer to a question, I start spouting out things I do know to make it seem as though I know something. I just don't know your answer. Um, Ghost Texter says it was Jameis Winston. That would be, what, 2013, I guess? Uh, would that be the, yeah. Yeah, that'd be two, uh, the culmination of the 2013 season. Okay. We'll say that it's maybe Jameis Winston then. Good question. The show's really gone downhill since Robert left. <laughs> it's really. <laughs> the energy has noticeably left the room, hasn't it, uh, since Robert left. All right. Um to the question that was called in earlier on the Divinity Equipment phone line, by the way, you can call me. Phone line's open to you. It is 995-1059. It was Ben listening to the show in Star, Mississippi, he said. The home of Faith Hill, right? Absolutely. She's from Star. Did I ever tell you? Never mind. Never mind. The first time I met Faith Hill? <laughs> yes, uh, we brought donuts. I thought she'd worked at the donut place. She brought donuts I was over to the radio at, a, at a country station across town. And I, I worked the overnight. And the morning show had her as a guest. And she just showed up in blue jeans. And I didn't know who that was until yeah. later. Also, I, they said, oh, you'll know who she is. Uh, <laughs> donut lady. That's great. Well, okay, that was Faith Hill. That was the first time Robert met <laughs> Faith Hill. Look. She was sweet. Yeah. Um, she married Tim McGraw. Who, by all accounts, nice Indian guy. Outlaw. He played an interesting character in the movie Four Christmases. He was one of Vince Vaughn's brothers. In was the his movie dad Four Tug, Christmas. the baseball player? Tug McGraw? Yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah. Was he yeah. really? He that was ball. his dad? Played a little ball. Well, Tim McGraw is a great example that you just really don't have to be a great singer to be a country star. You don't think he's a good singer? No. Oh. I like. I, I guess I just like the songs. I like just can't get Indian it. Outlaw's got a very I can't very get catchy. Indian Outlaw out of my head. And then that one about uh, Live Like You Were Dying, that's pretty meaningful. You know, and there was a great story song that he did, and what do you call it, a narrative song, Don't Take the Girl. Don't Take the Girl, yeah. But if I hear that, oh, yeah. I want to punch something. <laughs> I really do. It's kind of like watching Kelly Ripa on television. So that's it's, not his best to, uh, performance. It's nothing there. to do with the way Kelly Ripa looks, and I'm sure she's a very nice person, but something about the way she talks on television, I want to turn the TV off. You know? Same thing with Tim McGraw on the radio. That's just me. Well, you well, you live with a TV host. <laughs> but I say all this fully knowing that there are people who feel the same way about me when they see me, hear me. Uh, they close their computer if they see me. They turn <laughs> the radio off if they hear me. And I understand that. Green Okra says that he does not know Chicken Hawk. He said he's just good radio. 
Once a day is plenty enough, though, <laughs> is what he says. He's a fan, but let's not go crazy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, okay, so let me get back to it. Ben and Starr wanted to know about freshmen, newcomers, what it was like, what kind of hill they had to climb to have some continuity on offense at Ole Miss this year when you had not only freshmen on the field playing meaningful snaps, but you also had a first-year offensive coordinator and Rich Rodriguez and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, some things similar to that came up Friday when I was not on the show here. What I was doing was speaking to the uh, Kiwanis Club in my hometown, and we watched some film and you know kind of broke down a few plays from the Egg Bowl and that kind of thing. And then I got a little Q&A. And at one point, someone asked a question about Ole Miss and their inability to make adjustments in the Egg Bowl. He goes, you know, you go that far in the game, you find yourself, the the person said, you go that far in the game, find yourself down 14 to nothing. Shouldn't it, much earlier in the game, shouldn't it have been obvious to them, look, State has a good plan for our running game. They are not going to let John Rice Plumley beat them. we got to do something different. we got to start throwing the ball. Shouldn't they have made these adjustments earlier in the ball game? And my answer was, and, and Ben, this is sort of alluding to what you talked about. My answer to him was that, yes, in, in theory, I mean, at the end of the day, we're going to look at certain benchmarks throughout a game, and you're just expected to do things that, that, that will win the game. But in reality, it's one thing for a coach or a coaching staff to want to make adjustments to know what adjustments really ought to be made. It's one thing to, to, to know. It's another thing to be able to pull it off in the middle of a game. And it's especially different and more difficult at times when you have first-year players who have to pull that off. Okay, I'm not making excuses. And I know you're talking about week 12 or 13 by the time you get to the Egg Bowl. I guess this year with two open dates, it was week 14. But still, it's one thing during the course of a game, the first half of a game, you're down 14 nothing, And every bit of success they'd had throughout the year, consistent success, was through running the ball with John Rice Plumlee on the field. So that's what you've been working on all week. That's your game plan all week. I guarantee you Ole Miss was confident they could run the ball all week. They'd watch State's you know, defense play uh, watching tape all week, they knew State gives up rushing yards. They have. We're going to run the ball. And so, number one, it's hard, and, and it's understandably hard for a coaching staff in that situation to totally, totally just <clears throat> trash everything they had worked on during the week. It's hard to do that, like, what, three series into the game. That's human nature. But it's also difficult. To know as a coaching staff, this is what we've got to do. We've got to call this, and we've got to call this, and we've got to start throwing the ball. It's one thing if you have a senior quarterback on the field. You know, a senior Eli Manning, what, what is, I mean, you don't have to make adjustments. He makes them. He knows what he's doing. He can teach us offense. You know, a senior Dak Prescott, we don't have to make adjustments. He'll go to the line and check. But with a freshman quarterback, it's different. It's not a knock at all against John Rice Plumley. He was absolutely rightfully so one of the nominees for one of the finalists for the C Spire Connerly Trophy. 
Ole Miss is representative, absolutely. But to just say we're going to scrap our game plan we worked on for for really for Ole Miss because they had an open date, they worked on it for almost two weeks. <laughs> we're just going to scrap it three series in the game. And it's really tough to then go, we're going to just start pulling these things out of our playbook and throw it on the shoulders of a freshman quarterback. All of that to say, Ben, it is much different dealing with freshman players handling the football than it is senior players. And at Ole Miss, you not only had a freshman quarterback trying to lead you up and down the field, you got a true freshman running back. Not one, two of them that are doing all their running. Okay, they're, they're involved in pass pro. Right? So what does that mean? Oh, they should have adjusted and started throwing the ball, right? Okay, well, who's going to play running back? Because I can tell you with great certainty, Kylan Hill's about to go get drafted, but he had a hard time staying on the field and getting playing time as a true freshman. Why? Because he was a liability as a youngster in pass protection. Meaning, if we put him on the field only in running situations, the defense knows what's coming. And if we keep him on the field during passing situations, he's going to get our quarterback killed, right? So freshman running backs have a huge effect. I just think there's a lot of things that go into the dynamics of how you are able to build this offense on any given team based on the experience of the players. And Ole Miss didn't have experience that that you normally have. It's very rare to have a true freshman quarterback and two true freshman running backs getting that much playing time in one backfield. So they were coached to what they could do. And I felt like, given all those factors that I'm talking about, I felt like Rich Rod and that staff did a pretty doggone good job throughout the year trying to figure it out. And then you go, oh, well, they should have put Matt Corral in there sooner. Oh, yeah? What did he do in the first series he went in the game? Took him down the field, threw an interception. I know that he eventually threw a touchdown when he got the ball back. I know he converted fourth and 25. Great play. And I know he threw the touchdown that shoulda, coulda, woulda tied the game with an extra point. I get all that. But you still can't just erase the fact that when they put him in the game, the first thing he did is took him down the field through a pick. You know, so at that point in the game, you weren't saying, why didn't they put Matt Corral in there earlier? At that point in the game, you're saying, why did they put him in at all? So you have to look at all of those things, and I just think that for that reason, coaching changes can be tough. Yes, it's like you know it takes some upperclassmen terms and back into freshmen if you're making a whole philosophy change. Um, and that's why I go back to something I've talked about on this show a lot. And, Ben, this is specifically for you because I know what you're getting at. You've got a new offensive coordinator and an offensive head coach. So you're looking at it from an Ole Miss perspective of, well, is this another start over, kind of the way we did this past year with Rich Rod? Listen, good coaches, winning programs, coaches that capitalize on momentum at places when they go get the job, you know what they do? They evaluate their personnel accurately, and they run an offense that caters to what their players can do. They don't go in with a system trying to coach players to fit it. They go in and figure out who their players are, and they make a system to fit them. That's what winning coaches do. 
All right. Um, Tyler on the text lines. Uh, well, let's see. Yeah, he's the one that sent us the meatloaf. Uh, well, not meatloaf, but the picture of. That's that's the dirty bird. He explains what that is. Okay, it's called the dirty bird. He said that's actually the dirty bird. Open-faced biscuit, ham-breaded chicken tenders, sausage gravy, covered in cheese with a side of cheese grits. Whew! Man. Come on. Make your tongue slap your hat off. Think about a drive down to Hattiesburg get out of this weather. Like one guy said, that looks so good. I could be, I could eat that with one foot in the fire. <laughs> Fluffy on the text Anytime line. Anytime you says, put sausage gravy and cheese on top of something yeah. that's fried. Yeah, that's right. We're getting good. Yeah, that's right. Um, Fluffy says, with all the practice time, film time, and classroom style coaching sessions that a modern player goes through, if you don't know your assignments by the fourth game, you have huge problems. Yeah. Yeah, the problem is, though, those other teams with million-dollar defensive coordinators, Fluffy, they, um, they're they smarter, and they're figuring you out week to week. And the more film you put on film, <laughs> the more examples of your play you put on film, the closer they get to identifying what you can't do, the things they need to force you into. You ever notice how some quarterbacks in the NFL – by the time a quarterback is playing in the NFL, he's at the top of his game, athletically, mentally, everything. You don't even get close to getting on the field as an NFL quarterback until you are at the top of your game. And do you ever notice how many of these guys play as rookies and look decent and promising and just fall off the cliff in year two and year three? What happened? You think they just gave up? They quit? They stopped working? They got stupid all of a sudden. You think that's what it was? No. They were figured out. We're we're talking, again, highly paid professional defensive athletes and coaches. The more cross-section of your abilities you put on tape, the closer they become to figuring out how to shut you down. And the great players play through that. They have a knack for playing through that. Dak's made it. He's played through it. He's on his way. There's a whole bunch of guys like him who didn't make it past year two and year three because they got figured out. So it's not all about knowing what to do. Close call a time or two. A lot of it is about matchups also. You know, you find me a running back. You say, okay, well, we ought to know what to do by week four. Well, that's really, that's just not true with the kind of stuff you're seeing week in and week out. You are, I guarantee you, there are coaches who figure out new ways to show you one thing and blitz from a certain place that you in week 10 that you have not yet seen this season. You go, well, it's as simple as, hey, running back, you block the linebacker on pass protection. It's not that simple. It's much more complicated than that. And, and you find it out. So there are some things you can only learn through experience, and that's one thing you can never speed up. Here's a text uh, from G in Florence. Hey, Matt, do you consider the transfer portal more of a risk or a benefit as it pertains to recruiting? Um, I sort of feel like, I mean, Joe Moorhead said it, the portal giveth and the portal taketh away, really at all levels. 
But what I'm not, what I am sure of is that for for 13 of the 14 SEC schools, uh, the portal is only a good thing because there are so many good quality SEC level athletes and players out there who want to come play in this league with the most exposure, with the most players getting drafted, with the most fans in the stadium. You know, it's just you can sign 25 players, you can put 85 on scholarship at every school, and there's plenty of players to go around. So I think it only benefits, it's only a benefit for SEC schools. You know, other conferences, like if you go down a level or if you go into Sunbelt Conference USA, there's potentially a, a way that you could look at it and spin it as, well, this is a detriment to them because they're going to have players who are good who after three years they get the degree and can grad transfer to a bigger school. But we're not seeing that happen very much. We're just not seeing it happen a whole lot. And instead, some unhappy big-time NFL caliber players at D1 schools, at FBS schools, excuse me, are transferring out just looking for playing time, and they're going to Tulane, and they're going to North Texas, and they're going to Louisiana. So it's going to be a a parody-creating thing. Well, you know, maybe in theory, Roger, but I, I still don't think we're – it's not like we're seeing 25 players from every school transferring every year. It hasn't gotten to that point yet. But it's it's going to make recruiting more important or less because yeah. you change your mind. I just I just see it as a wash. Like, like get that, that big signing day doesn't mean as much. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't because you can't go transfer a guy in. Stick around. Well, we've solved that mystery. Well, sort of, apparently. Chicken Hawk has texted us. He is already in the system here as Chicken Hawk on the text line as Chicken Hawk. And he says, I promise there's only one. And then he has chicken emoji followed by Hawk. (laughs) And he says, and I am he. See ya. But here's the thing, Chicken Hawk. You could have another number. Or, you, you know, Green Oak, or it could be, for all we know, like, I don't know, that could be Louvale. Could be his Google number. Yeah. Louvale. Let's see if they're the same phone number here. Let's see. <laughs> no, not the same number. Two different two different numbers. I think I think Green Oak just really is legitimately a fan of Chicken Hawk. <clears throat> I think that's what we're establishing. Um, we've also established that you can be a part of the show. So hit me up, okay? Give me a shout. Love to hear your voice. On the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment in Madison and Jackson. Up to $2,500 off the L-Series tractors. Some of those that are on the lot right now, go see them. Again, Divinity Equipment in Madison and Divinity Equipment in Jackson. Go see them. Go see them. Up to $2,500 off. Go! Go! <laughs> see Gotta them. have that. All right, uh, you can also text the show 885-ESPN, 
for 885-3776. Roger, I uh, put a poll out on my Twitter feed this weekend. I got about 3,000 votes. The poll was, what do you call it? Is it a gas station, a filling station, or a service station? That oh, was the three. Man. That was the three choices. Well, it depends. Well, they have I, a mechanic on there. Yeah, right. It's the old time service station. A fill up station sounds more modern because you fill it up your gut. Yeah, filling your, station. Yeah, yeah. And see, the reason Remember I did Billups it, up there in North Mississippi, Alabama. Billups. Billups. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, now, see, and I remember people would say, you know, convenience store. But the thing is, originally, a convenience store was different. But gas stations that used to be service stations became gas stations. And gas stations have become convenience stores like the original air quotes here convenience store would be kind of like um i don't know you just get your basic necessities there but it didn't always involve gas colonel but, sanders started out in the gas in the yeah. gas station business but anyway i don't know if that's real so or... convenience store was not one of the choices even right. though now you could say convenience store and somebody pictures a gas station anyway gas station got 93 percent of the vote Filling station got 2% of the vote. Service station got 5% of the vote. So 93% of the people out there, 3,000 votes, say that it is, we call it a gas station. That's what we call it. But but there's this one thing that kept popping up, and I don't know why or I never even heard it. Somebody said they called it a curb store, but totesum? Who, is, people call it a totesum? Where is that coming from? Honestly, why? Totesome. Where is that coming from? Y'all may have to tell me. All right. Here we go. Divinity Equipment phone. First up. The same one. Chicken Hawk. He's back. What's up? <laughs> he's he's now, Okay, I got you. I, hey, I am. I am the man. Okay, right. there's only one chicken hawk. I've been chicken hawk since 1970. That's when they give me the handle chicken hawk. I'll be 60 in April. So oh, they were 10 years. Yeah, oh yeah. That was my football number two, you know, all my life. <laughs> except for, for I'm going to stay 60, except for in the uh, high school all star game. I can't remember why I couldn't wear 60. I had to wear 65, but that don't make no difference. But anyway, look here. <laughs> Oh, I've been Chicken Hawk. I'm Chicken Hawk on the Chicken Band Radio. Chicken Hawk on his cellular device. I'm on uh, WRKS 105.9, The Zone. And who, who was that fellow said I need to get paid? Uh, his name is Green Okra on the text line. Oh. I just wondered if you know him. Well, Green Okra, no, but look here. I've been getting paid. See, they've been paying me, paying me, but I don't get to get paid unless I call in every day. And I got to call, I don't call Bo no more because Bo disrespected Coach Joe. You know, Matt, that me and uh, Big O, you know, that's what Coach O, let's see, called him as Big O. Yeah, and then <laughs> now, and now, you know, Coach Moore, I mean, him done become tight since he finally figured out what goes on down south and how to, you know, 
to react to it to become part of it. Uh-huh. I call him. I call him Bo. So okay. He called me and asked me which bowl do I think we should go to. I said, well, Mo, I said, uh, kind of like that Nashville thing. I said, I've been going to California for 25 years. I said, I've changed my hair. I've worn long sleeve britches, short sleeve britches, done everything but get naked. And I couldn't never get discovered to be a movie star. Mm-hmm. So, I said, I pretty much can sing pretty good. Y'all seen that a while ago. And I've sung before. So, I told old Mo, I said, Mo, they give good swag up there. A lot of things for the children to do. And uh, I said, chicken, you know, that's what he called it, I'm a chicken. Uh-huh. I said, chicken might get the skunk. So, anyway, y'all pray that, uh, okay. that I get the skunk, because y'all know I can sing it. Here it is, one last time for the day. <laughs> Hell State. Hell State, chicken heart, over and out. Who's next? All right, let's see here. Um... Text on the text line, 885-ESPN, says Totesum is a convenience store chain. Convenience store chain? Really? Another text says Totesum was a Jackson-based chain of convenience stores originally without gas pumps. Okay, so the true convenience store in that they weren't selling gas. Daryl from Jackson, uh, Totesum was a chain of convenience stores in Jackson in the 70s. There we go. Green Okra says that's enough of Chicken Hawk. <laughs> we turned your, your him. Your fan has turned. Yeah, we turned him. Warren on the Divinity Equipment phone today. What's up, Warren? Hey, what's going on, Matt? Uh, I wanted to ask you two football questions. Sonny right. Buffalo's playing Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, Sonny's favored by four. And the other game this Friday is Utah State playing Kent State Golden Flashes. And Utah State's favored by eight. Yeah. What you want me to do? Pick? You want me to pick someone? Yeah, out Uh, of those two. I'm going to the boat Friday. (laughs) Give me Buffalo and give me. Give me Utah State. Okay. The Aggies, Uh, the the Aggies of Utah State. Okay, and my second question or request is if you could get Chicken back, Chicken Hawk back on the phone sometime this week so he could sing us a Christmas carol. I think he <laughs> deserves to go on America's Got Talent. Warren, yeah. do you work for the competition? <laughs> yeah, I think he does. Yeah, Warren, I guess so. <laughs> uh, appreciate the call, man. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I'm afraid that if uh, Chicken Hawk does too much caroling, somebody's going to shoot him. And we like Chicken Hawk. We want to keep him around for a little while. Bulldog Neil on the Divinity Equipment phone. What's up, Neil? Matt, you were asking. You didn't know what a totesome was? That's right. I didn't know. I'd never heard of it. All right. When we were growing up, it was a generic. It was a generic word for a convenience store. Like, you want to go down to the totesome store? See. We had a, there was a franchise. Now, I don't know if it was a franchise, but there was a, a we had, they, they were called totesome, T-O-T-E-S-U-M. <laughs> that was the name of the convenience store. How about that? You know, like, what flavor Coke did you want? I'm going to the Totes store. What flavor Coke do you want? Uh-huh. I Look, and see, what's interesting about that, Neil, is, again, you know, say I'm born in Alabama, born and raised in Alabama. But in my time living in Mississippi, I've never lived in Jackson. I've always lived in North Mississippi. And I'd never heard it. And by all the texts and tweets and stuff that came in from there, 
That's what I'm seeing is that it's kind of like Kleenex. It may be just any kind of tissue. Appreciate it. Yeah. You're welcome, brother. Thank you. Totesum. And if it's two different words, T-O-T-E and then S-U-N, you know it was a derivative of tote, like carry. Like you tote lumber, you carry lumber. Tote, and then some is short for something. Right? Yeah. You, you tote something, and it just became tote something. <laughs> Tosum. That had to be where it came from. Ah, the tangled web we weave here on the show, Roger. It's his birthday. Y'all need to call and tell Roger happy birthday, but wait until we're on the air. <laughs> I'll give you the number when we come back. Yeah, don't call me during my break. <laughs> In the Farm Bureau studio, stick around. Roger looked up Totesum and found a whole big long list of things that are popular colloquial sayings or whatever you want to call that um, from around here. Yeah, easy for you to say. <laughs> exactly. Colloquial. I, I, I did the best I could yeah. on that. You didn't jake it up too bad. <laughs> jake it up. <laughs> now a verb. <laughs> colloquial? Colloquial. Oh, man. I got you. Now we're thinking about it. I got you. I talked him out of it. He nailed it the first time. It's one of those words you start thinking about it. You know, sometimes it doesn't look like it's spelled right. I know. If you say it enough times, everything sounds stupid, doesn't it? Like a foreign language. Yeah, some interesting stuff in there. Like, I'll swanee. Well, I'll swanee. Hey, and, you know, I know there's, but you go way, way, way back about two generations uh, Roger and people used to say, well, I'll be John Brown. Remember that? Yeah. You know, you used to hear that. You don't hear that anymore. What was John Brown well, known for? Well, um, I mean. Was that the Civil War thing? Yeah. No. I mean, he was the, the, you know, the John Brown raids up in South Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. And he met a terrible end. I'd have to go back and research that. But, you know, I used to hear that one a lot. Fair What's to it? Midland, we've found as a grade of cotton. Yeah. Fair to Midland. Yeah. Somebody throwing in a curb store. Yeah, curb store. That's another one. Another that Jacksonian. A lot, a lot of people tweeted that to me, and I'd never heard of it. I'd never heard anyone say curb store ever. Um, let's see here. Ghost Texter said, Totesome Store is the first place the Icy Machine showed up anywhere. Inventor owned the store chain. The Icy Inventor owned the store chain. Tyler concurs. Totesome was short for tote some of this, tote some of that. Makes sense. Icy inventor. Wow. Love a good Coca-Cola icy. Somebody mm. that's in here as the real unnamed texture. <laughs> you guys in your name. Look, I guarantee you that that's one that Ben typed in there on their show. <clears throat> it said Totesum was bought by Junior Food Store. I remember them. They had Super Stop in 1984. Yeah. Stuckies. Remember Stuckies? Mm. Yeah. Any big highway, any big four-lane highway has Are some they Stuckies still open? On. I don't think so. Well, maybe. There was one over in Edwards or Bolton. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, I-65 in Alabama was covered with Stuckies. 
and we used to stop in there. You'd always get the pecan log, or, the, or you'd want it. Or the divinity. They had both. That's right. They'd sell the divinity. But those pecan logs, man. Amazing. Yeah, Stuckies. My says, wife tells a funny... I go buy one. I get my dad one. Yeah. Here, Dad. I know you like these. My wife tells a funny story about a Stuckies. You know, if you're traveling south through Mississippi on I-65, long before you get to the Jackson area... Um, I don't know exactly where it is, somewhere in central Mississippi, but north of Jackson, north of Canton, all that area. I think it's north of Lexington, maybe in Holmes County, but there's an exit off I-55 where there's a, on one side of the highway on the east side, there is a prison, and on the other side where the you exit right there, there's a Stuckey's sitting up on a hill. People that are listening right now know exactly where I'm talking about. Don't make a wrong turn. Yeah. And that particular gas station right there my wife tells a story at one point terrible with directions and she and her friend nicole when they were in school at Ole miss so early 2000s late 90s early 2000s they were yes is at vaden okay yeah vaden and so they left oxford drove to batesville and got on i-55 south headed to jackson vicksburg here they go they're going home right driving she and her friend nicole driving south Nicole Guy, her dad, does, um, I believe, it's, what's his name, Lewis Guy, played for Ole Miss on one of their national championship teams. Anyway, my wife and her friend Nicole, they're driving south on I-55. They get down there to that exit at Vaden and get out at Stuckey's. Got gas, went into Stuckey's, snacks. Got in their car, got back on the highway, continued driving. Except they didn't continue south. Oh, no. They got right back on I-55 headed north. <laughs> and neither of them knew that. I love it. And neither of them realized a doggone thing <laughs> until they got back to baseball. And, oh, wow. Right. Just I, driving, talking. I was going to Tupelo from Memphis and took a wrong turn somewhere and realized I was not where I needed to be when mm-hmm. I saw the sign for Tunica. <laughs> I, hey, look, when I was in high school, I, I, when I really screw up, I commit. Yeah. <laughs> when I was in high school, I, I drove from where I lived in Prattville, which is basically Montgomery. Uh, we went east on I-85 to Atlanta, through Atlanta, and then up in the northeast Georgia to Helen, Georgia. They were having a little family vacation up there. Helen, Georgia, this tourist spot that has fashioned their town to be like a like a Swiss town. Oh, it, chalets and things. Yeah, it's really, you know. Alpine-y. Right. And on the way home, I was driving her back through Atlanta the next day or whatever, and instead of getting on 85, I somehow stayed on 75 and didn't realize it. Drove all the way to Macon, Georgia, <laughs> South Georgia. And when you get to Macon, the highway that you're on does not continue. It splits at Macon into two different highways, and you have to take one or the other. Ain't no... And I thought I was on a Highway 85. And all of a sudden, the highway's splitting, and neither way says 85. (laughs) (laughs) And and this is in the days before cell phones, and so we exit, and we realize we're in Macon. I went in the gas station and said, hey, what town is this? I said, you're just right outside of Macon, Georgia. I said, Macon? I bought an atlas, looked on the map, found where it was, and found some two-lane road that went all the way from Macon, Georgia, back to Phoenix City, Alabama. The windiest, curviest two-lane country road. I was on it for like two hours. <laughs> and that's when I think she began to realize that I was an idiot. 
Oh, my God, mm. she's with you. Yeah, oh, she's the whole time, yeah. How, what did they do when they got back to Batesville? Do what now? What did they do when they realized? Oh, when they got back to Batesville? They, they just went, just... went back to Oxford. <laughs> Let's figure heck, heck with man. this, man. Hey, heck with this. Let's just go back home. Lord, Lord's will. <laughs> sure did. Terrible with directions. Terrible. Buddy. Yeah. All right. Wrong uh, way, Wyatt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When she was working, when she first moved to Tupelo, and um, she was working at the TV station. She was an anchor, news anchor. But every now and then, they'd send her out on stories. That many people get away with calling her wife that. Yeah, right. She's a real anchor. <laughs> a real anchor. Mail ball and chain. No, an anchor. Different. Um, and so they'd send her out on news stories, right? And she always had the hardest time figuring out, because the, the TV station's kind of north Tupelo. She couldn't figure out in these different towns she had to go to, did she go north or south? Did she get on the road and... Highway 45 and go left or go right, you know, which ways. And so I figured out a system for her, and I told her, look at it this way, from Tupelo. Boonville has an N north. Mm-hmm. Corinth north has an N. Baldwin okay. <laughs> has an N north. Skyline. If, <laughs> if the town has an N, you go north from Tupelo. But from Tupelo, if you've got to go to west it has an S. It's south. Starkville, S, south. Right. So Shannon, <laughs> Columbus. <laughs> and the one that was a real, you know, flying the ointment, though, she'd go, what if I got to go to Nettleton? Because <laughs> it's south. Exception that makes the rule. Right. Uh, and, and when we were first married, we had several times. I'd be away, and she'd be getting on the trace. And she'd sit there at that stop sign of the entrance ramp, ramp on the trace and go, do I go left or right? And I'd say, well, where are you? Well, I'm, I'm, I see a sign. That doesn't help. That does not help. <laughs> oh, man. Tupelo is, Tupelo is it, in my opinion, more complicated than Jackson. You think as far so? as, I mean, because you've got yeah. I mean, so many different yeah, uh, it's, systems crossing each other. Right. It's a maze. Yeah. It, it really is. Uh, Tyler on the text line Stack's says, as bad as we got it here. Yeah, the stack. Yeah. And that can be rough yeah. if you've never. I don't like being it stuck up there. I don't mind being, you know, 400 feet off the ground, but I don't want to do it for very long. Right, yeah. right. On something that was built by my fellow Mississippians. Right. Um, Tyler says Junior Food Mart Creole fried chicken is ridiculously good. If you go through Carthage, it's worth worth the stop. That's Tyler, who owns apparently the Junior Food Mart. <laughs> if he does, uh, he's a rich man. <laughs> Uh, Miko says there's also a Stuckey's in Gallman, Mississippi, just below the South Crystal Springs exit and uh, Junior Food Mart in Crystal Springs. I know exactly where you're talking about. Sure do. I remember, you know, Junior Food Mart kind of came in and kind of standardized that convenience store business. I think kind of did, didn't they? And again, the convenience store became the gas station, and the gas station became the convenience store. It's all one thing now. You know, you can't pump your own gas in New Jersey. I've heard that. Just another reason not to go there. Dare you to stop me from pumping my own gas. <laughs> Dare you. All right. See you all tomorrow. See you. Go. You've been listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.